Hi everybody, we are Matt and Kevin and welcome to Season 2 of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also find us on social media at Believe in OWL and Believe.com. This week we cover the games at the Justice Homestand, the cancellation of matches in Seoul, and the new experimental card. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to this week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. Uh, hope you've been having a great middle of February. Uh, was Valentine's Day last week? Or is that... Uh, no, we like, passed Valentine's Day already. Never mind. Yeah, it was like a week or two ago. Two? No, it's a week, I, I, week ago. Technically a week ago. Uh, <laughs> and I, my days get mixed up. I only work two days a week, so like... The rest of the week doesn't really matter to me, except for the days when I have to watch Overwatch League. Yeah, I'm also scrambled up right now. It's just that I have like back to back like events and stuff going on, and this whole weekend is really insane for me. So, uh-huh. um, I can I'll, I'll let you guys know about that. Well, right now, why not? Um, I have a I'm going to be casting a tournament for RU on Saturday, the 29th. So if this Ooh. comes out before then, uh, go ahead and watch it. It will be at Art U Esports on Twitch. So I'll be there doing that all day. And I don't know if I have to cast a match beforehand because um, apparently if your college is in the TESPA Collegiate Varsity Series, all of your matches have to be either recorded or streamed uh, for verification to the league. So the way how we have to do it is either they have to bring me in to cast the thing and do it live or they just have somebody come in and just record it as a VOD. But they were saying, oh, we might have our game. The original schedule for the game was supposed to be at 6 p.m. Um, on Saturday, but that lands right in the middle of the tournament. So they're trying to reschedule it for like 1030 in the morning. And I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> like That means I have to be up by like nine to get on BART to get there and I'm just like, uh, whatever. Like, as long as I get to know what's going on, I'll I'll be happy. Yeah. Oh, did you, have you heard the uh, the new theme music for the podcast yet? <laughs> yes, I did. Uh, okay, what do you, from what do you last think week, right? The, what do you think of the 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 old theme music compared to the new one? Because I spent like an hour trying to figure out a new theme music. Because Overwatch League is an anime, so like every anime, every season, you have to have a new theme. Yeah, exactly. It it's pretty it's pretty nice, honestly. I like the fact that we're like switching it up and we're not keeping it the same. Uh gives a little bit it breathes fresh air into it. That's that's nice. I had like five different versions and then I'm like I asked my sister to help me and she's like, Okay, now go back and then do this one, now do that one, and do this yeah. one. <laughs> it's like it's actually a lot of fun just noodling around on GarageBand. Like I didn't realize this until like I started messing around trying to figure out a new theme song anything else happening in the world of kevin uh project's still a secret i can't release it until uh closer to the actual date that it's supposed to come out which is either in two or three weeks which sucks um unless marketing does something beforehand then i could announce so Uh i'm like i'm waiting for them to give me like the green light so i could just like rant about it and talk about it um but right now i'm kind of in like limbo it's like i'm working on this project i can't tell anybody about it uh and i'm just like 
I'm like, I, I want to share this with the world. Um, so that's currently what's going on right now. Um, mm-hmm. Just just with me. How about you? Uh, not much, really. I'm just still waiting on whether or not the job I interviewed for wants me. I, I emailed them and they're like, oh, yeah, we're still interviewing people. So we'll, we'll let you know in a couple of weeks if we want you. And I'm like, oh, sad face. I, I want this job so badly. Yeah. And uh, a, a funny thing happened yesterday. So at work, I decided I'd do a story about um, people's experiences on uh, dating apps. I never get matches on like apps. And, and that day, out of all days, I got two matches on Tinder, which is like, oh, this is some cosmic irony right here. <laughs> They're like, oh, you need material. How about I give it to you firsthand? <laughs> so straight up, straight up. I asked like I, I was telling one of the girls I matched with. It's like, oh, yeah, this is super ironic. She's like, oh, yeah, I, I totally have stories. And she like gave me a couple stories, but she doesn't want to use her. Uh, didn't want to give me her last name because yeah. like that's understandable. You just met me on the app. Yeah. So as long as I can just use her first name, I can publish the story, but I have to mm-hmm. talk to my editor about that, but kind of wonky. Yeah. All right. Shall we get into the news? Yeah, let's dive in. All right. So uh, we've been following how the coronavirus has been really affecting the Overwatch League. And originally everything was like, okay, we found a solution. We'll just move everything to Seoul, Korea because it's still in Asia and it, it's close enough that the uh, the fans in Asia will still get to see their teams and it's kind of like a homestand experience. Not anymore. Um, the Seoul, well, I mean, at least for the Seoul Dynasty, uh, they're facing problems as well. So they sent out an announcement um, it says, in order to protect the health and safety of our players, fans, and staff, we will no longer be holding the March Seoul Dynasty homestand event in Seoul on March 7th and 8th. We're working with the league on rescheduling these matches, and we will share more information through the league when it's available. For purchases of the March homestands, full refund will be issued, and we'll have details on the refund policies this week. Um, we're making every effort to ensure our players' well-being and safety. Please stay safe during this difficult time. Thank you for your support and understanding. Uh, that's not a good sign, um, especially because we're just at the beginning of the league. We've had to relocate all of the China teams to Seoul, and now Seoul says that they don't want to host their own homestand there. Uh, I I would be surprised if the Chinese teams still held their homestands there. Um. I would think that just in the interest of safety, they would follow suit. But that leaves the question as to what is going to happen now for these Asian homestands. Are they going to have to do like what we said and hopefully find a a space in L.A. or something where they can host their homestands? Like if we had Blizzard Arena, that would be the perfect backup. Are they just going to maybe go somewhere else in the world, find somewhere else in Asia? Yeah, I feel like this is just a very difficult problem in general. Of course, like, we can't just, like, shoot down the virus, like, tomorrow. It has to be something that goes, you know, over time. And especially for these Asian teams, that's, like, what, a quarter of the league already gone? If we can't have it's Seoul, the Dragons, the Charge, the Hunters, and the Spark, right? So Mm -hmm. they all can't, like, go and play somewhere. So... I'm just trying to figure out, like, what would be the next solution? Is it, like, 
do you like say, okay, wait, those teams can't play this year. We have to rebalance the league and figure out how we're doing that. Or is it going to be um, like, I feel like this would be insane, but it's doable. It's just like all of the players who are on their teams get, essentially they get it for next year. Like their, their teams are secured for next year. But for right now, uh-huh. they all become free agents, and everybody, anybody can sign whoever, right? <laughs> so you could just have a team with like Gushway on it. Uh, <laughs> that's just you know over here. You can just everybody who becomes like everybody who's from those teams become free agents again, and then are still allowed to play on other teams. Uh huh. Which would be which would be hilarious because like you you would just see the Vancouver Titans just rebuild their team again. Is there any chance you think that? the Chinese teams will be like, no, we already moved once. We're not moving again. And they'll still hold their home stands there. Um, if the league will allow it, probably they would probably uh-huh. allow them to, you know, do it. But if it's for the public's safety and public health, I don't think that the league would make that decision to let them go. Like let them still continue the home stands the way that they wanted to. Um, but yeah, I I do understand. It's like a huge hit to a lot of the uh a lot of the players for sure and a lot of the organizations who are running it because some of the places like desperately needed like the funds in order to keep their team alive and with something this big hurting like you know the the organization who's fathering it and all that stuff. Um I feel like it's just going to be a very difficult like process of either rebuilding the team or um, trying to relocate to find a new homestand. If they have to relocate, where, what do you think would be an ideal spot, and what do you think is the most likely option for them? I, I personally, I think they'd probably. Actually, I don't even know if they can would be able to come back into the U.S. because of all just everything that's that's going on right now with um, the the borders being closed and everything. Yeah, I feel like it's a it's a pretty difficult like transition if anything. Um I'm just trying to figure out like a really solid solution to it. Um I really don't have an answer. It would be cool honestly like let's just say if they all went to like South America instead and they played their games down there. They're still like away from their main like the the mainland but they also have like you know their own region so to say um right right but you know once again i don't know what the internet or latency is like down there you know i I would say australia but australia is rebuilding too um japan probably won't be able to do it just because they're also like slowly closing borders um Mm -hmm. Just put them in Alaska. Just <laughs> Alaska. The uh, the I could see you know once again Hawaii being an option if if the U.S. will allow that. Um, yeah, I just I don't I don't know I don't know where they would go, but I feel like the league just needs to find a solution to this. Um, whether it's relocating the home stands or um, just saying like you know we want the players to play, but we can't like physically have a full team move would it also be possible just to to do the matchmaking remotely and just wherever they are they're they're gonna like broadcast it 
somehow that way like yeah like the same way how we do like contenders and yeah uh, open division like i feel like that's always an option the only thing that for sure like if you talk to professional players the land experience is very different from playing uh online or overseas because once you get into different servers there is that like tiny bit of lag that you can get Mm -hmm. and like literally fractions of a second could make or break the way how you play the game so oh absolutely um, that's why the whole land experience puts everybody on an even playing field and that's kind of the reason why they've been pushing for homestands and like um you know one central place like blizzard arena was like really good for that but now um if we were to do it like online i wouldn't mind seeing that it's kind of bringing it back to like the grassroots era of uh you know overwatch but um i can see the latency and lag being an issue but you know i i wouldn't mind it like that would be a good way to keep the teams there um and if let's just say if one of the teams is from like the u.s if it's like you know the the houston outlaws for instance um they could still play at their home stand and just have like you know you see the match live online right um, but yeah i feel like it'd be really interesting to see um what they decide to do if they do go remote i I wouldn't mind because it wouldn't mess up their schedules but um it would just be kind of a funky like way of playing it right like at this point the the schedules have been set i i don't see blizzard redoing the schedule and, and redoing everything to try like even though it's it's such a huge portion of the league like your entire pacific east division is pretty much wiped out by this if if you don't if you're not able to find a way to get them to play um honestly i think from like traveling at this point is probably out of the question they've already had to relocate teams once i don't think that those teams would want to relocate again like just the stress of traveling all those players just the logistics of everything um they've i guess they've probably just got settled right now so just an, an, such an abrupt change is probably going to ruin their their gameplay their mindset even more i think that remote play is probably the way to go at this point i can't really see any other viable option it's unfortunate yeah. it is at unfortunate least. but yeah i just hope that the league figures that out it just had to happen in the first year that they're doing homestands. Yeah, it's just kind of, uh, it's really unfortunate. It's just bad timing, if anything. This is actually probably a good time for the league to figure out, like, oh, something like this happens. Like, what do we do? Like, this yeah. is, like, this and for every other esport as well. It's like, right now, anybody who plays in, you know, the PAC region, the, you know, Pacific Asia, um, like, countries there, it makes it you know difficult for them to travel um which means that for some events and tournaments like they can't even participate um and you can't bring tournaments over there either so um a lot of what i would say is like planning and scheduling is getting reworked in pretty much every esport and every event so um and now that it's spread over to Italy as well, like you're slowly losing that that area of interest as well. So what are the chances you think that this 
this concern spreads to, like you said, it's in Italy already. So what are the chances it spreads to London and to Paris where they also say, okay, this is a big health concern for the players, the staff, the spectators. Uh, we're just not going to hold this homestand. I could definitely see that happening if it does get to a case like that. But I feel like the one thing that we just have to know is that, you know, medicine is progressing. They're trying to figure out, you know, a cure for it. And the more that we support that, the quicker we could get back to the things that we should be worrying about. It's not necessarily um, like we could just all get back on schedule and everything. So um, I am afraid that like if it is already in Italy, if it does affect London and Paris, um, where do they go? Does that mean like everybody's just going back? you know, to the States? Does that mean, you know, maybe we shouldn't have left Blizzard Arena? Uh. I mean, I think if it if it gets to the States, it wouldn't be as bad because most of our teams are here. Um, and so since you're not really, you're not crossing international borders, I think the travel would be less of an issue. So I think if you're able to get the teams into the U.S., then I think it's it'll be a lot easier for the league to go on. But then again, that is the question of getting all the teams here and having finding a place where they can they can stay and train and, and do their essentially reset their entire season plan while the season's going on. Yeah, I feel like this is just a very difficult transition for for the league. They have to figure out what they need to get done, um, whether it's just rescheduling, relocating or, you know, just making the league work. The worst case scenario yeah. is like if they just choose to like cancel this league or just like cancel huh. the season and just be like, all right, well, we can't do anything until the, the virus is done. So uh, good luck. Well, like I feel like it would be a double edged sword, though. Like it's like, OK, yeah, we lose the league. But you know what it will go regardless of the coronavirus is uh, contenders. Contenders will always be going on mm, yeah, because that's all remote. So, you know, you could just say, oh, the league is canceled, but Contenders is still going on. If you guys want to watch more Overwatch League or watch, you know, more Overwatch, just go down to the Contenders League, uh, which just started last week, by the way. So they're they're doing a little bit of a startup. They're starting to get the standings for that. So that's going to be really interesting to look at. Mm hmm. All right, so next on our list is the dev update that dropped this week. Uh, we we had rumblings of the Mardi Gras Ash event that happened, uh, was released, I think, yesterday, which was Tuesday for us. Um, so that was leaked before, and although Jeff didn't like officially uh, announce it during the dev update, he hinted at it at the very end um, after he announced the experimental card finally came up. Um, so that's that's this week's biggest news, I think, is the experimental card. So when Jeff announced it, um, I think it's very telling that he had to say, don't panic at least three times that I counted throughout the entire dev update. He's just like, don't panic. Just don't panic, because as the Internet and as the Overwatch community, we like to panic a lot. I uh, like to blow things out of proportion and yell at Jeff for everything. Um but essentially what he talked about in the uh for the most of the dev update was 
that triple damage is our first development um, experimental card. And a couple of weeks ago, Jeff talked about it and we talked about it too, is they were toying the idea of lessening the DPS queue time by adding in a third DPS slot and taking away one tank slot. And so uh, while that's not currently in any talks to actually go live on the real game, um, the development team decided that this would be a, a good chance to show the community the things that the Overwatch team has played around with and worked with and tried to see if it'll work. So that is going to be on the experimental card. Um, in order to to really balance that out, they, they had to make some changes to the tanks, which we'll get into later. Um, and, and so a big thing about the experimental card um, is that while you're playing it, you can also get the uh, the wins to unlock a certain event challenges. Like So for the Ash Mardi Gras thing that they uh, coincided with the release of the experimental card, all it takes, if you play that and you win nine times, then you already get the um, the Ash skin. You don't have to go and go play competitive or quick play in order to get that. Um, yeah. What did you think of the dev update video? So, yeah, I also picked up on that don't panic thing uh, quite a bit. <laughs> um, I thought it was hilarious. Um, we do literally, like, I'm in a team chat and i just hear people or they're like it's ruining the meta it's gonna it's gonna ruin the way how we play the game man what happened to off tanks and i'm like guys it's just for fun and they're like and then one of my friends was just like they wasted their time they could have been working on balance changes and stuff like that and i'm like dude it's just for fun and they're but yeah it it's not gonna happen like the the one three two comp whatever you want to call it the the different the three dps q thing it's not gonna happen um like these changes are just to show us like this is something that they experimented with um you know we'll, we'll probably get it we're gonna get into the balance changes in the experimental card itself but the dev update was if anything really helpful for for me at least they're it's showing us that they weren't just sitting down and like twiddling their thumbs the entire time they're showing us like yeah this is the kind of dumb stuff that we've been working with like this is we don't want to fundamentally change the game but it's something that like you know gives us a different perspective on the way how the game is played um and it makes it easier for us to really um enjoy that it, it gives us a breath of fresh air rather than playing 222 all the time um if anything i've been making my tank players who i'm supposed to be training play this mode the only reason why is it teaches them to like be a little bit more conserved or like a little bit more mm, like conservative in terms of like diving in and, i would say a lot more yeah because you're the only tank so if you're the only tank you have to think about it in terms of like you first of all like they they added some extra things to certain people um, which literally changes the way how the game is played. Um, but also, since you're the only tank and there's three DPS, it means if you take it in terms of like that count, it's literally a one v three every time you fight. Like mm -hmm. you're you're getting bullied like the entire game, <laughs> and it's not fun if you're playing 
in a very specific way, but like if you start rolling with your team, it is like one of the most satisfying things as a tank player. See, the way I, I felt listening to this, like Jeff said multiple times, like this is not something that is going live. This is just for the exper- experimental card. But he also said, like, if we ever decide to roll this out. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, wait, Jeff, what are you saying? Like, okay, so they, they already have the balance changes that they would need to make. Like, they're, they're showing us this is what they would do if they did it. And he said, we want your feedback to see if you like this. And then it's just, I, I'm getting a very, like, ominous feeling from this. I, I I understand that right now, currently, it's just for fun. But there is always the option that Jeff will be like come out in the next dev updates. Like, okay, so you really liked it, so that's how we're gonna play Overwatch forever until we update it again. <laughs> yeah. At which point, I would cry. Yeah, I I thought that a ten minute queue for tank was long enough, but like a fifteen minute queue for tank now is not fun either. Uh, <laughs> like that's currently where I'm at, and it's just like why. Why is it so hard for me to play a game as tank? Like I understand, like people want to play their DPS, and like DPS queue is like super short now, because um, mm-hmm. like they just hop in and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, uh, we we get in. There's three slots available, but um, I feel like you do need the main tank off tank um, feel to the game, and trying to turn every off tank into a main tank makes it uh, kind of weird. I'm just like, if you did this to appease, to, to, to theoretically, to appease the the DPS players, but at the same time pissing off the tank players. So how does that really help anybody? Like in the games that I've played down in my bronze to gold matches, it's always the DPS players who either quit, rage, or, or in general are the problem. Like the tank players generally do their job, the healers do their damnest, and then you've got the the trolling maze or the the one trick Genjis or the leavers who are like, oh my god, my tanks aren't tanky, my healers aren't healing, I'm just gonna leave. So, like, if this ever does go live, I I really I I don't know what logically you could actually use to justify this. Yeah, it's not a good look, honestly. And if anything, this like really screws over us tank players like real badly because it's hard enough to find a good tank player for teams already. But to find somebody who's going to be like, you're essentially cutting the pool in half and you're saying like, all right, well, right now you could have like maybe three tank players um, like if this patch did go through, you'd probably cut back to two because you'd only have one person who's good at like Ryan, uh, Ryan, Arissa, uh, like Sigma and Winston. And the other person is good at Diva, Zarya, Roadhog and like other things um, that off tank main tank thing is still going to be built into the game. Um, it's just depending on how they're going to implement that in terms of drafting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do agree that like this is it's super appeasing towards like DPS players because now their Q is super low. But for us tank players, all it did was increase the stress level uh, for, for us trying to survive. Um, but yeah, it, it does 
come down to how the game is going to be played. So for so this is the changes that we have gotten to make the every single tank essentially now a main tank. Um, so Diva, the armor to health ratio is still a total of six hundred, but the armor health was increased from two hundred to four hundred, which means that the base health was reduced to two hundred. Her defense matrix uh, duration is now double what it was, so from two seconds to four seconds. And her movement penalty for her primary fire was reduced from thirty percent, uh, from fifty percent to thirty percent. So you, you're you can move a you have the mobility a lot more now as a diva player. So yeah, with um, diva uh, specifically, I feel like she's definitely more mobile than what she used to be. Like, well, since the change to her boosters going from five to three seconds, right? That's still in here. Now she can just tank so much more. Um, and this is kind of the only reason, you know, for this one tank only thing. Um, Diva's going to still be good for like dive comp. She's going to be able to go around and deal damage and she's faster and her DM is longer. So um, I heard there was originally like a talk that Diva was going to lose her, her micro missiles as well. Um so Diva would just become like full defensive tank in that case. Um, but yeah, I feel like this is okay um, to put Diva where she is. Yeah. And honestly, I prefer, I personally, as it, when I played Diva, I always preferred having more defense matrix than having the micro missiles, but that was just me. Um, for Orisa, the protective barrier was, uh, the cooldown was reduced from, 10 seconds to 8 seconds, and the health was increased to 900. Um, not too much of a change there. Just a little bit more a uh, little bit more shield for Orisa. Because you're um, only going to have one tank, so yeah, yeah just adding you that. Yeah, you just, just a little bit of a buff. Reinhardt, uh, the armor health ratio is still a total of 500, but the armor was increased to 300, which means the base health is now at 200. Um, the damage from his rocket hammer, his primary swinging, is increased from 75 to 90. And the generation of the barrier field uh, is increased from 200 to 250 per second. So he's a little bit beefier in general is what happened to our pal Ryan. I love playing Reinhardt in this mode. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you have just a little bit more like power behind the rocket, uh, the rocket hammer, and just having that extra hundred armor instead of base health means that you're not getting like melted as quickly either. So as quickly as you're quickly. still getting melted, just not as quickly, not as quickly. Um, they notice how they didn't change the number for the amount of barrier health. It's still at sixteen hundred. Um. Because, you know, I feel like Reinhardt is just solid where he is. Um, and, yeah, he, he's fun to play in this mode. If, you, if you're good out of Reinhardt, uh, literally, like, one swing fire strike and a second swing brings on anyone. So it's it's fun. Here's a hero who had a pretty drastic change. Roadhogs take a breather. Uh, it, it was completely reworked. So it, it still gives Roadhog his health. Um, but now it produces a a circle around him, which is they're calling a cloud um, that heals all allies within it for 25 health per second and provides a 25% damage reduction. 
Um, his chain hook, the cooldown decreased from eight seconds to six seconds. And his scrap gun primary fire, the damage per pellet was reduced from six to five. So it went down from 150 per shot to 125. Um, and his whole hog cost increased by 15%. So he got, I guess, kind of a little bit of a buff, but also a little bit of a nerf as well. Um, speaking, I, I really liked playing Roadhog as the off tank. I don't like him as as a main tank. Like I, I tried him two rounds. It's just like, I, I can't do it. I don't want to touch him. Yeah, Roadhog in this mode is played so differently from like what you would normally play. Because Roadhog, as an off tank, you know him to be able to like burst down enemies pretty quickly. Um, and this, he just runs around. Uh, we call this take a breather now, just like the fart cloud. You just walk into his like yeah. You just walk around and just fart cloud and keep everybody alive. Um, but like, you have no burst ability. You have no damage, and you get whole hog like super late. So when it comes to you're playing, you're essentially Roadhog, a bullet sponge. That's all yeah. you are. You're an ult battery, and you're like, I guess you gain ult as well. But, um, yeah, the the hook is only going to be good on like places like well once again, or like places that have cliffs. Um, other than that, hog is just going to be, you know, just taking damage and not really dealing it out. He's a bullet sponge. I feel like that that moment from The Godfather where. Don Corleone is like, look how they massacred my boy. Yeah. So next up is Sigma. The experimental barrier regeneration rate increased from 100 to 200 per second. And that barrier health increase is now up to 1200 from 900. So Sigma got, is a little bit uh, stronger. He's able to shield the team a little bit more effectively. Um, I, I like playing Sigma in this um, version of him the only two tanks that i like to play at this point are sigma and ryan if if one two three comp becomes a thing then those are the only two i'm really gonna touch um but yeah i think i think with this sigma is a lot more stable yeah they gave him just a little bit more barrier which is something that if you're only gonna have one tank he's gonna be good for that um the regen rate, once again, it's just going to allow him to keep that barrier up. But the thing that they essentially did with this one, two, three comp is eliminate the possibility for double shield, which is kind of nice. But at the same time, like some of these characters are just like not the same. They're not even the same iteration of themselves. So, yeah, it's kind of weird. So for Winston, um, the armor health pool increased from 100 to 200. So now his total health is 600. And his barrier projector reduced from 13 seconds on cooldown to 10 seconds. Um, which really isn't... It's a little bit of a help, but just still from when I played, he still got focused down really quickly. Yeah, I feel like Winston is going to be a very conditional pick. Um once again, he's going to be very good in dive comps. So here's the thing that I think I would see in the future. This is just me, you know, spitballing an idea here. But like, imagine Winston, Sombra, Tracer, Genji with Mercy and Zenyatta. It's just like you you find somebody in the back line. Everybody's already on top of you. And then you're dead. Like, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. It's going to be full dive if you run the Winston. 
Um, and yeah, you just play it kind of like a Gario. You just pick on the smallest person first and then just slowly work your way up to the bigger targets. <laughs> right, right. Hold on, was Wrecking Ball not changed at all? Did they not Wrecking touch? Ball was not touched at all in this entire okay, game. Yeah. Um, oh. He's he kind of balanced where he is right now. Um, he's kind of overpowered, actually, um, if you play him in higher ranks, just because he has the potential to like burst down Widowmakers and any form of snipers in the backline super quickly already. Um, the what is it? Adaptive Shield is just it gives them way too much HP, and a lot of people are complaining about it. Um, it's a lifesaver. It, and yeah. it's a point holder. Yeah, as a as a tank player, like I'm on, you know, I'm on both sides here. It's kind of annoying where like everybody's trying to contest the point at once, and you have six, and then you get the the Hammond all the way down to like 50 HP, and then he's just like adaptive shield, and then he's got 600 HP out of nowhere, and he's just spinning around. Right, <laughs> you have no way of really stopping him at that point. You're just like you're okay, just such a troll, a troll tank. Yeah, it's he just survives for too long like i don't want to say this is like the nerf to do it but um per person just make the adaptive shield like 75 shield per um he might get bursted down too quickly but it's something that would allow him to not be able to like leave whenever he wants to Mm -hmm. all right so the last change really was to zarya uh, the shield health pool increased from 200 to 300, so total health up to 500. And the maximum energy gain per barrier is brought down from 40 to 30. Um, the particle cannon primary fire damage per second was reduced from 170 to 140 maximum. So a little bit of a nerf there. Uh, the secondary fire, which is like shooting out the splashy energy balls, um, the maximum damage there was decreased from 95 to 80. The cooldown on the particle barrier to Zarya herself is decreased from 10 seconds to 8 seconds, but the particle barrier to the allies got a buff where now all allies, with and anybody on your team who's within 8 meters of you gets the barrier, and the duration of that barrier is up to second from 2 seconds to 3 seconds. Um, when, I, when I was playing against the Zarya's, um, I found this out and I did not like it because it's it's very strong and I couldn't get my shatters off. Yeah, you literally have to wait for that barrier to go down, and three seconds in the middle of a team fight is a long time of not shooting. Um that's enough time to get burst down as anybody, really. Exactly. So it's kind of a double-sided like thing where you could swing away and like let them get it. Um like just pop the bubble as is. Um but yeah, I feel like Zarya is gonna be one of those really weird characters where if you play Zarya correctly as Zarya, you're gonna be very strong. Um, but if you play her incorrectly and you like throw your ally bubble too early or like not in the middle of a team fight, uh people are gonna be dying a lot and they're gonna be like, Where's my barrier? Like, where's my bubble? Uh you you have it every eight seconds, like it normally is i like how the self barrier went down to eight seconds as well so now it's both within like the same timing um but yeah i can see why this could be a problem uh if this were to go into the main game overall like 
Jeff said that there are people on the dev team who like this mode. I don't know what they're on, but I kind of hate it. Like, if you have a Sombra on the other team and you're a tank, you're goodbye. Goodbye. You don't you don't stand a chance. Yeah, you, you don't away, like like Ryan has the beefiest shield right now. Take take that away and then have all three DPS focusing you down. You don't have a prayer. Yeah, you're you're just a walking target at that point. And that's the thing that like, like Sombra and May are like stupidly strong in this mode. So if you guys want to grind mm-hmm. those wins for that Mardi Gras skin, just pick pick Sombra May every game. Um yeah. Sombra literally erases every tank. Like tanks can't play without their abilities. So you just hack the tank and target, like just break them down or just make sure they can't even play and you win the game. Um, and then May is the same deal. Like she comes with a free wall, so she's a tank. She also can heal herself. So, you know, she has, she effectively has like 500 HP if you play your ice block correctly. Um, she's just really dumb that way. So, um, and currently in the main game as well. Like they obviously they didn't touch her for this mode, but um, at the moment, May's kind of in a busted state. Um, and, you know, once again, my friend is... My friend who plays the competitive ladder quite a, quite a bit, he's like, they wasted their time making this uh, one three two composition like mode when they should have really been focusing on like fixing May and mm-hmm. like making sure that she can't play this game as well as she can because it takes no skill. She's like the old brig, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, old so, brig like old Sims, like no, like like goats brig like when that was a thing like um it's low well i don't want to say like may players are low skill but like you don't require it doesn't require that much like crazy aim in order to be good at her it's just all about like positioning and understanding like how often you have your abilities timing Um, in timing yeah it's all about game sense for me um if you're good at if you're good at may with game if you're good at game sense you're good at may so um they were saying the thing that they have to do is like make may's thing um maybe her hold on her ice is like slightly less maybe decrease her damage but one thing that i you know once again i think i pitched it last week uh i feel like snowball should have an hp meter like you should be able to pop snowball from a distance um Mm -hmm. because right now if you drop snowball there's no way of like negating it it used to be that like you could hide behind rhine shield and it wouldn't affect anybody behind that that rhine shield um but they changed that because they would just be like oh ryan could just hold a shield at that point whatever um yeah and then they made it it's still currently line of sight so if you can't see snowball you're okay but it goes under shields and stuff like that so um i feel like if snowball had I want to say like 500 HP, maybe like just straight up 500 HP. Um, some DPS characters, like if they don't get caught out, they can burst it down. Or like if the entire team is like focusing on it in the middle of a fight, um, they can take it out and at least have a way of recontesting. Um, it's kind of the same way as like Bob, right? Um, if Bob comes out, like, he, yes, he has 1200 HP, right? But if everybody focuses down Bob, like you can kill Bob before the end of the duration. Um, I feel like it feel, I feel like the same thing should apply to Snowball. 
Um, yeah, definitely. But we'll see what they decide to do. They were mentioning uh, working out something on Maze Wall. Um, and I heard about it from somewhere. I don't remember the exact source, but they were saying like maybe within the next week on the PTR, there might be something uh, coming uh-huh. to May. Yeah. And they are focusing on May as their as their next like project to fix. Yeah. Overall, like if if this comes to the main game, I will be panicking. Don't tell me not to panic, Jeff. If this does make it over to the to the main client or like the actual game itself, um I'm just going to have to learn how to play DPS or learn how to support cuz being a tank is literally like if you're a masochist you play tank now you like you just love getting smacked around this is your this is your life now like um yes you might be able to like get a team together that will push hard enough that way but it's just difficult as like the one and only tank to keep everybody alive and you have so much pressure on your shoulders your games could be completely thrown away if your tank is garbage like like if if you if you tank as a lever then you've got no hope or like if your tank decides to pick a roadhog and your team cannot capitalize off of hooks or if he picks roadhog and can't hook anything you're like you lose the game already like there's no there's no coming back from that yeah what do you think of the ash skin oh for the mardi gras thing yeah i think it's okay i don't i don't i'm not like a huge fan of it but uh-huh since it is just kind of like a oh this is a this is kind of a thing going on right now we might as well have it right um mm-hmm. i don't mind these like they're they're kind of fun but i wouldn't say that they're like huge i mean i like the color scheme like i like the the, the fun theme of it i like the bob with the mask but I, I think what what the thing for me is Ash's hair just kind of looks ugly in it. I think that's what's like not doing it for me. Yeah, it's it, just kind of curled, hair. right? Yeah, it's like she slept on it wrong and then just put a hat on. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Oh snap! It's Mardi Gras. I don't have time to fix my hair. Just throw a hat on this stuff and let's go out and party." Yeah, she, it's that socialite lifestyle. It's just like <laughs> I woke up like this. Uh, you clearly. Know. Clearly went out of like bed. That. Yeah. Uh so when it comes to the Ash Mardi Gras skin or the challenge itself, I'm like, okay, this is just something to fill in our time. Um Yeah. It would like it's we an just incentive to play the uh the experimental card for a little bit. Yeah. Like the experimental card, I feel like if you didn't have the Ash Mardi Gras like challenge right now, I still think people would play the experimental card. Um just because it's interesting and it's also a yeah. fun, like it's different new. style. It's new, yeah. So if you held off on the Mardi Gras thing, like it doesn't have to be like in time with it. Like, sure, just push it back and just say it's like uh, a it's St. Patrick's Day thing. Like, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be mad. It'd just be like, okay, that's cool. Just you know, Bob in a leprechaun outfit and <laughs> uh, and Ash just wearing green, like a green suit. Like I'd be fine with that, um. Yeah, it, we would have played the experimental experimental card regardless. Like you don't have to bribe us with this skin, but yeah, we would have tried it. I, I'm fine with it. I mean, I'll I'll take it. Um, with March coming around the corner, I think the one thing that I'm like looking forward to is the Shamrock Shake returning to McDonald's. But uh-huh. you know, 
that's one of those things that just happens around this time of year. Um, it's not helping the fact that like I'm trying to go back on my diet too. So <laughs> I'm just like, oh man. So you mentioned earlier the uh, the May changes. Um, that actually came from a forum post. Um, who was talking to Jeff? So um, on the Blizzard forum officially, um, N7 Warrior asked how long that the experimental mode would be available for testing. And Jeff responded, say, we'll probably leave this up for a few days, a week at most. So um, if you want to try it and you haven't yet, get that in there because it's not going to be around for too long. Um, it's going to be a lot around shorter than the uh, the Ash event is up, which they really need to put the dates that these are skins and things are going to be available in the client because people forget. Um, so anyway, uh, Jeff's response is that it's going to be up for a few days. And then he mentioned later on um, at the very end of his response, um, the PTR changes are going to be coming up possibly during the duration of this current experiment. There are certain things that can only be tested on PTR and cannot be tested in an experiment. For example, if we wanted to make a change to May's ice wall collision, we would need a PTR for that purely random example, dot, dot, dot. Um, yeah. So that's where the rumors come for the May ice wall change. Yeah, I feel like if they were to change base ice wall, it would just be like the amount of HP it has. Because right now, it's stronger than like every shield in the game. Mm. <laughs> so it's not fun in that case. But I do understand like, I feel like ice wall should only be uh good enough to like block maybe an ability or two um but not like delay a team from pushing for like five seconds like that's yeah that's like way too much time to take advantage but like it's smart to like cut people off and have that ability but the team should be on top of that if that is the case fire strike should be able to take down the wall it's literally should, should be able to take out at least one of the pillars like instantly. Uh, if we're doing elemental things like just like fire strike, ashes, dynamite, molten core. molten core. Yeah, just like things that make it quick, you know. So the, the last thing that I have is this wasn't officially put on the PTR, but Anna can now sleep torb turrets, charging diva bombs and sim turrets and pretty much everything. Um this came from a, a stream from uh, ML7. Uh, yeah. He was playing Ana, and then he just randomly sle- sleep darted a Torb turret, and it worked. Um, it's got the animation of like the turret sleeping and everything, so it doesn't look like it's a bug. And then so he tried it with the charging Diva Bomb. Like You can stop the Diva Bomb in its tracks. It'll still go boom, but it just won't charge at you anymore. If you wanted to, you could sleep dart the Sim turrets and the you can sleep through the sim turrets it, it doesn't really have that much of an effect because you can kill those pretty quickly you can sleep dart uh baptiste's elemental field and sims teleporter but yeah. they'll still work like it's, it's not going to do anything like you can do it it's mm-hmm. if you wanted to if you wanted to waste the sleep dart <laughs> yeah uh but yeah like, this wasn't included on any patch notes like this was a, a complete surprise yeah, the one thing that I have yet to test and I forgot to test um, was 
Does Anna sleep dart put Arissa's bongo to sleep? Oh, if that's the case, it could actually be played. Like it could actually be a viable solution to, you know, kill the kill the bongo in that case. Mm-hmm. Um, but once again, it does come to, like, I don't know if this is a bug, but I feel like it's okay to have it as like yeah, I'm I'm a fine feature for Anna. Um, like Torp spirits are OP in the first place. Yeah, being able to sleep these kinds of things, um just gives Anna a little bit more viability. Um, but it also does mean, you know, you have 12 seconds, you're putting a Torb turret to sleep and then you won't have it if a monkey or somebody like dives you instantly. So um, being able to punish sleep dart is something that dive tanks like myself and other Winston and diva players are just going to be taking full advantage of anything else we need to do for the news. Uh, I don't think news-wise there's anything uh, that we need to discuss, but uh, if you guys haven't tried out the experimental card, definitely go and do that, especially if you're a DPS player. You have more, you have less DPS time, uh, and it will also help towards your uh, your Ash Mardi Gras skin. So get get to it. All right. Um, thanks for tuning into the news section of the week. Um, tune into our gameplay analysis section where we're going to be looking at the Washington Justice homestand and all the insanity that happened this week, that last weekend. It, it's a lot. So hopefully you tune in and see you next week. Yep. See ya. Next week, we cover the games for the Houston Outlaws homestand. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.